Good evening and welcome to this very special edition of the Mega Game Assembly podcast for 2019. My name is Harrison and boy are you in for a treat this week because this episode barely features me at all. This week we put out a call to hear from Mega Gamers around the world and ask them to share with us their favourite Mega Gaming moment from 2019. And that is all we have for you for the next however many minutes this edit will be. So sit back, get the fire roaring, get yourself under something nice and snug, pour a glass of something festive, and enjoy. Hey Johan, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Sound like a bit of a cold, is it yeah, that time of year? it is that time of year, and I've just played a game, um, a game with Anthony, so that's probably part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. Is it already snowing in Sweden, or is it uh, just getting colder? No, we, we've had uh, pretty mild weather up until now. I think it's like uh, plus a couple of degrees, something like that. It's, uh, it's rainy. We're on the West Coast, so it's always rainy. Windy and rainy. We don't get much snow. It's very dark. Very, very dark. Oh, you don't get many hours of sunshine, I suppose, in the wintertime? No, sunset's about two, I think, in the afternoon. Bloody hell. Oh, nah, that's now. harsh. Now it's going to be uh, around one before we before it gets better. Oh man, that's harsh. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully we can relieve a bit of that uh, that, that lack of sunlight. We're by talking about some mega games. Um, what's your memorable, most memorable mega game experience of twenty nineteen? Uh, I have to go the sort of self indulgent route, and uh, I ran my first uh, fully fully designed my own fully designed mega game for Horizon Mega Games in London. Uh, on September 14th, uh, Event Horizon. Uh, it had some some very very funny moments um, uh, and some 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 great memories from there. It went um, mostly according to plan, which was um, the game is is a sort of um, space horror experience. It was much less of a horror experience for me uh, designing it <laughs> than than I thought than I thought it would be. Sure. Uh, so um, most most of it ran really smoothly, and and if you, if we want to sort of single out a a one moment, I knew I was going to speak to you. So so you're my favourite moment from that game, where <laughs> where you set out before the game, determined not to go on board the Event Horizon. Absolutely, I was terrified. I was not going on board. And when you finally did, you got <laughs> both both spaced and nuked at the same time, which was yeah. poetic justice at the time. <laughs> I feel like I've been singled out personally, but <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was pretty epic. Uh, we went we on board trying to be heroes, American heroes, and uh, unfortunately, it went horribly wrong in an instant. Uh, like you say, got spaced and nuked exactly in the same moment. So uh, I don't know what killed me first: the nuclear fire or the uh, cold darkness of space. I don't know. <laughs> Either one would do, but you had to go for both. <laughs> It's true, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, that was a yeah, that was a very cool game, and, and obviously, um, like you say, it was sort of Space Hulk uh, heading towards Earth. Well, no, to come back, didn't it? come back to um, been sent off and come back, and uh, we were trying to investigate what the problem was with it, what problems were with it. Yeah, it turned out to be multiple problems as you added <laughs> as you added players to the mix. <laughs> of course, uh, but we had some. Um, the The idea for the game is is for everyone to to sort of go on it um, as a more or less blank uh, sheet of paper, and then um, some players then just out of their own desire, more or less, turn mad. They're not brief to go mad, but we've done, we've run it twice now, and about six, sure. six or seven people go mad when we run wow. it, and it's different people every run. 
So there's something about the game that just <laughs> invites people into the madness. And then once they're there, they seem to like it and they go for it. And it was Seamus, both Seamus and Rob for the run that we did in London, uh, plus some some uh, other old characters from the, from the other ships. Um, and they were sort of, um, uh, you never know what's going to happen because uh, either you get this epic sort of good versus evil kind of thing. Not in London. We got got... Uh, Seamus at the at the, at the uh, engine part of the ship and Rob at the front trying to do different things. <laughs> and everyone else just trying to decide who to stop first. Nice. It was pretty epic, I have to say. Uh, hopefully we'll be running it again in 2020, speaking to Horizon for a version 2 uh, kind of thing, where we're, uh, we're going to take Christmas to... Uh, Slim down some rules, get rid of um, some some uh, excess fat, and uh, make it uh, an even more uh, well enjoyable in in uh, in quotation marks, but um, experience of getting get, getting getting manic and lost in space. Ah, uh, you'll have to sign me up. I'm very much looking forward to it already. What was what was your uh, sort of overall take on on the uh, black darkness of space? Oh, it's very good. Um, like you say, quite a few people going crazy. Um, it was very, obviously it was designed to be difficult to get and understanding what was happening on the ship, and it was difficult. Um, so that was very good. And people would come back um, with sort of we 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 were, we're thinking it was sort of like space flu to begin with, and certain captains weren't letting their their crew back on the ships. Um, they were docked with the event horizon. So yes, it was very good, and I very much. Uh, I think I'd, if next time I play it, maybe in twenty twenty, I think definitely I'd be up for uh, going onto the ship next time, knowing how how crazy a time they had on there like, um, when you first run it. So getting space the nuke way earlier than, than the first run. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back and haunt them all. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> cool, excellent. Thank you very much. Very much appreciate it, um, and I will see you in next game. Yeah, see you. Try. Hey Jack, how's it going? Great, great. Excellent, excellent. Right, well, I've got myself a nice refreshing cup of chamomile tea because it's 11 o'clock here in the UK, but it's a nice early morning for you there in Australia, and I'm dying to hear your favourite mega gaming moment of 2019, so take it away. Absolutely. So my favourite mega gaming moment of 2019 uh, would be from uh, my mega game, uh, We Are Not Alone, which is heavily based on uh, Watch the Skies. So this moment happened kind of midway through the game, um, the Chinese team were just getting incredibly uh, irate that the UN just was completely failing to accomplish anything, essentially. Uh, pretty typical, I think, from my experiences of the UN in, in Watch the Skies style games. I was going to say, that doesn't sound like the UN at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing was happening. Everyone was at each other's throats. All the you know people would try to get uh, resolutions passed and then uh, have them struck down. Uh, so halfway through the game, China decided the solution to this was to nuke the UN. Seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> so they they actually managed, they pulled it off. They managed to do it. And uh, uh, so we just had this moment where we just announced to the UN, that, you know, just everyone in this room is killed. Like everyone is dead. It was complete <laughs> chaos. Um, everyone, everyone did it, had to do this whole cabinet reshuffle where everyone, uh, switches roles. So all of the teams just got completely missed, um, mixed up. And, uh, then we cut to lunch and everyone was basically just, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking just about what the heck they were going to do in this situation. Um, the craziest thing about it is that China ended up managing to get out of that kind of scot-free, um, because the, 
uh, English team uh, got a message from the aliens saying that uh, something along the lines of like, uh, make sure that everyone's together or enforce unity or something like that. that so they were like, oh, geez, okay. Oh, no, <laughs> we've screwed that one up. So they ended up coming. <laughs> the English team came up in, on, in front of everyone and made a press announcement that actually it wasn't the Chinese team who did this. They were actually mind-controlled to do it by the aliens. So everyone was like, oh, okay. So the Chinese team managed to get completely scot-free. The aliens took all the blame for it ended up and ended up being just completely hated. And uh, the wild thing, perhaps, is that after the whole UN uh, reshuffle and everyone being killed, the UN actually ended up being incredibly effective. <laughs> like, after after everyone was killed, everyone came back and like, all right, well, I guess we've got some work to do. And, you know, they passed a bunch of resolutions against climate change and all this kind of stuff. It's like, wow, okay. Well, you know, that's the solution, I guess, if you... If you're ever thinking that the UN isn't doing enough, just uh, nuke them and it'll probably turn out okay. Yeah, great. So, so, the, so the moral of the story, what you've learned there is when the council game is failing, just nuke the lot of them, start over, and everyone will be a lot more efficient. Is that is that what we're what we've learned? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it. I think it really. Um, you know, once you have seen all of your team members just be killed on the council, you're like, oh well, I never know who's going to be next. So I guess I better get to actually working and passing some of these resolutions. Yeah, I guess. I guess, I guess that must be pretty motivating. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. Well, that, 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 that's quite the story. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Hi, it's Becky Becky Ladley. Um, and the game that I think that I'm going to remember most from 2019 was back in March when I played John Mizon's Den of Wolves mega game um, with Horizon Mega Games. Um, I'd heard quite a lot about the game. It, it had been run a couple of times before I played in it, and I'd heard quite a lot about it. Most significantly uh, was that a handful of players got to play the sabotaging wolf wolf players who were trying to undermine the rest of the ship, and I got to play one of these saboteurs. Um, it was an incredibly tense day all day, um, I remember quite clearly Johan standing up in front of the entire room and saying that the ship needed to come out of its shell, which was the secret code word. And apparently lots of people picked up on the fact that it was weird, but thought it was because he was Swedish, not because he was a wolf, um, which was hilarious. Um, so I made contact with him and uh, spent pretty much the entire day on edge that we were going to get found out. And he did get found out and shipped away. Um, and so did the other wolf player, who I didn't know for certain was a wolf or not. Um, but uh, I made it to the end of the game without anyone realising I was a wolf. I ran for president against Mr. Mega Game, and I um, managed to win. And there was a moment at the end of the game where I walked into the empty conference room with Alex Beck, and he was like, he was just like smiling at me and be like, so. <laughs> what damage are you going to wreak on them? And I'm like, well, just let me get my hand on those launch codes. Um, and it's probably the most victorious I've ever come out of a mega game feeling because not because I'd become, well, partly because I'd become president, but just because people hadn't picked up that I was acting shady all day. I wasn't acting that shady, to be honest. I was mostly just sort of doing small bits and pieces of 
uh, trying to undermine the odd thing. And mostly I was just trying to get elected president. Um, and win- winning president was a really great moment, but made all the better because I was about to kill everyone around me. Um, not to sound too too power hungry or anything. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, top mega game moment of 2019. Thanks very much. So the next mega gaming story you will hear is from young Rob Grayston. Now, if you haven't met Rob before, or lovely Rob, as he is affectionately known to his friends, um, two things that you need to know. Firstly, Rob is in fact 17 raccoons hiding in a trench coat, and said raccoons appear to be playing some form of council game, where together they collectively decide on the actions of lovely Rob, and whichever of these raccoons was supposed to be in charge of audio equipment on the day appears to have dropped the ball. So apologies for that, and well, we can't take any responsibility for anything else. So you have been warned, and good luck. Hey Rob Grayson, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Christopher Brown. <laughs> and can you tell me, before we start, uh, what um, has been in your advent calendar today, please? I think everybody wants to know. Well, in my advent calendar? Oh, yeah. uh, there was some chocolate, but because I'm sharing it with my partner Charlotte, she ate it. There will be terrible oh. vengeance for this. <laughs> well, I think Charlotte should have every chocolate, but honestly, you don't deserve them. <laughs> I love you too. So... <laughs> <laughs> Here for right. What was your favourite mega gaming moment of 2019? Ah, oh, I've had many very interesting and highly amusing mega game moments, mostly because several of them involved screwing you over somehow. So, first yes, off, that's I true. think the most important of which there is much photographic evidence is the fall of York at by the oh. gods. Now, this was amazing because as the royalist press player, I got to inform the king that the city of York had fallen to those foul covenanters. Although I did. They were technically sort of on his side. Um, No, wait, it was the parliamentarians that took it, obviously, because the covenanters were on his side. Uh, The king knew nothing about this from his loyal subjects, i.e. people like you. We were simply uh, making sure His Majesty didn't um, have a heart attack over it too early. We weren't holding anything from him. Uh, his Majesty known as soon as possible that York had fallen and that his his loyal subjects were keeping things from him. I was there as a good and proper reporter on exactly what His Majesty wanted to know, including the fact that the parliamentarians were up in arms and falling about themselves, having a miniature rising, and that you should have advanced on London at the quickest possible speed. <laughs> Oh, I hate you so much. You know, I got shouted at for not telling you. That wasn't even my fault, but I did get shouted at. Well, almost every. Th- I think this is one of the one of the truisms of mega gaming. Along with, if Anthony is smiling, he's up to something, and if Ed is smiling, he's doubly up to something. Is that it's always Chris's fault? <laughs> In this case, it really wasn't because I don't have any troops to defend York. But yeah, he did shout at me. <laughs> this is why. Entirely your problem. You should have great <laughs> soldiers throwing themselves down in the way of the parliamentarians, massacring themselves to hold on to the royalist domain. <laughs> I do believe you joined the uh, small council or, or the His Majesty's council directly after alerting him of uh, York Fall. Well, I mean, His Majesty did seem very keen to allow the um, the voice of integrity and truth. <laughs> 
to speak his his mind, and I I humbly accepted that role where I could pass on to uh, to His Majesty all of the uh, all of the very interesting information that it appeared his loyal advisors were not telling him. <laughs> I was totally loyal. I have to say, I didn't kill him at all. That, that delightful moment where uh, Prince Rupert was off privateering and everyone was trying to protect him, and so His Majesty did ask. Is it really Prince Rupert behind this? And everyone was shaking their head until I appeared and said, Yes, Your Majesty, of course it is. You're Portugal's personal friend of me. I haven't said anything in my day get much worse until you turn over that council meeting every turn. Then it, then it did get a lot worse. But, and this is, this is why I turned up to games. Now, as well as that, I should probably mention, <laughs> I should probably mention um, uh, that it was a fantastic game. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, running around and shouting my head off and reporting on things and making sure that his majesty got to shout at everybody else uh, but in addition to that I also really enjoyed Den of Wolves down in Southampton where I got ah. to commit a minor war crime uh, against the hospital just a minor one well I mean I don't want to try and outdo myself too quickly I, I'm afraid I'll peak if I go straight in hard and fast um, fair enough so uh, that and remind was, us what Den of Wolves is uh, Den of Wolves is the um, is the refugee fleet escaping from uh, a big evil oppressor who are trying to catch up to them and I was I was one of the agents of the uh, all-conquering wolves um, so so when there was a ship full of wounded people who were who were uh, variously being poisoned by water that I had in fact poisoned. Um, uh, I, I may have put some kind of explosive device on the on the hospital ship and blown it up. Um, wow! So, so you just clarify you 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 destroyed a hospital ship. Oh, I'm sure this won't is be right? me at any point. But yeah, no. <laughs> let's just say that there, there was there was a device of some description on board, and who knows what happened? Fake <laughs> news, I'll turn to that. Um, Besides that, Amazing. though, I would like to say that in a completely helpful role, I thoroughly also enjoyed my time as Control at Kingdom of Seasons, which was my first experience of Glasgow, my first experience oh. of Iron Brew, and my first experience of being assistant game control at a fantasy game, because, uh, unfortunately, I did have that opportunity previously, but, um, uh, like, I was whisked away by Valkyries or similar. So, um it was absolutely bloody brilliant, and I think Seamus should be uh, quite quite pleased with himself. And I thoroughly enjoyed meeting lots of new players. Um, and that was my favourite control experience of of the year, as well as uh, the uh, favourite gaming experience, which was being able to get Tim, as His Royal Majesty Charles, to scream blue murder at you all, which was <laughs> <laughs> a very tender place in my heart. I still do have nightmares about that screaming, to be honest with you. But just quickly, so what's Kingdom of Seasons? Kingdom of Seasons was a fantasy mega game uh, based on the idea that uh, the seasons were personified by by gods. So you've got summer versus winter, um, and then you've got all the sort of traditional uh, fantasy factions in there. So you've got um, some orcs and some dwarves, uh, various different flavors of human. Uh, my personal favorite, uh, the Pengali, who are Ottoman-themed penguins, um, and absolutely bloody amazing, and don't say a word against them, or I'll never speak to you ever again. Um, and overall, uh, it was it was a thoroughly fun game to uh, to observe and help people try and commit all sorts of diabolical wizard wheezes uh, during the process of... Um, and it's it's got me really quite keen on the um, True North mega game bunch. And I want to see if I can try and get along to, to anything of theirs um, next year. 
That sounds very good. Now, I hope next time you'll go to Glasgow, drink Iron Brew and wear a kilt whilst playing the game. Otherwise, I'll be very disappointed. Well, I'll see what I can manage. Um, but I think it would be even better if it turned out that you were there as well, because I'd love to get more people to just scream blue murder at you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a standard game when we're present, I think. To be honest with you. Excellent. So um, I don't think I've got much, much more to add, uh, but um, thank you very much for, for asking me my various opinions on uh, very exciting games. And I look forward to causing consternation, distress and general misery to you at various points in the future. It's been an absolute pleasure as usual. And just before we go, do you have, are you running any games in 2020? Uh, yes, um, I will be running uh, in Cambridge. We've got... Uh, Undeniable Victory, which is the game of the Iran-Iraq War by um, Ben Moores. And there's also uh, another game that I will be running in... um, uh, That's in March. There'll be a game I'll be running in May, which is a fantasy invite-only game. But uh, if anyone is interested, then please do get in touch, uh, and I I can provide you with details on it. Um, so yeah, Fantastic. fantasy and modern warfare. Uh, what more could you want? Great combination. And obviously, they can check out those games on, on the Mega Game Assembly website um, on the calendar. So, megagameassembly.com. That's a good idea. Why has no one done that before? <laughs> You're the worst of us, Rob. Thank you very much. What a genius. Oh. <laughs> See you later. Bye bye. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Hey guys, this is Peter Nixon. Hey, and this is Trenton Gray Oak. And uh, we are your humble American counterparts over at the Mega Game Coalition. And uh, you contacted us to uh, maybe send over some highlights, which we are more than happy to do. So I I don't want to get too into the weeds of, of my personal highlights because we ended up doing a lot. You know, we ended up doing, like, a lot, a lot this year (laughs) in terms of uh, organizing, you know? Just from a professional perspective, I think two of the highlights was getting uh, 1930s alternate history mega game based on the scythe board game, Sickle, off the ground, and then later having two of the designers of the scythe board game, um, Ryan Lopez and Hobie Choi, actually attend the Sickle mega game, and they loved it. Like, uh, they, they both had a blast. And there's a great quote from Hobie. I'll uh, pull out the exact text and put it in the show notes. But essentially, he comes up during the debrief, and uh, he didn't tell anyone that he was uh, he was the designer of My Little Scythe. He didn't tell anyone that through the, the entire game. <laughs> and so he tells that a little bit, and, you know, the audience, like, gasps and applauds him a little bit. And then he goes on to this little, this little anecdote where he says, The point of good games is to tell a story. And I think we all have our own story today, which I think is just such a good summary of mega games in general. Yeah. You know? And he experienced that through me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yes. um, and then I think the other major professional highlight was getting Deep Haven off the ground, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, call it happened. <laughs> it, it, it did happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So I have some actual, I have some actual, like, player highlights that I think people would be would be more entertaining for people Mm -hmm. and uh the first one that I want to talk about was actually from uh the Deep Heaven game at Gen Con yes yes I think my favorite anecdote from that game was with the uh the character Gark Mm, and uh, yes Gark Gark, yeah Gark Gark was a Gark was a humble dwarf 
played by an even humbler player. Yeah. Well, he was a he was a gully dwarf, so he's like kind of kind of a refugee in a way. Like he really didn't have a clan when he started, and and he. Yes, yeah, his entire story arc is uh, kind of interesting, actually. But I want to focus on something specific, mm-hmm. which is uh, we had some players. Eventually, Gark rose to the uh, almighty role of king, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, good for him. He had a friend commission a crown for him. <laughs> so, you know, he went off and gathered a bunch of jewels and put a lot of effort. And this was supposed to be a big crowning, literal crowning achievement. And I get up to the mic to like do a little, you know, DM moment to highlight how hard they worked and, and reward them. And as I am, as I, <clears throat> right before I say, this crown is so glorious that if you look at it directly, you feel the urge to bow. Right as I say that, a news alert pops up that says King Gark bans all alcohol in Deep Haven. <laughs> And, and, and I literally had to, I literally, I turn around and I'm like, well, the, the crown's still great. You guys all still have to bow. <laughs> and the players just look at me and I go, please bow. <laughs> like, do you remember that moment from that, the presidential yes, campaign with Jed? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> please clap. Yes. Do you have any antidotes from that game? I mean, you got to talk a little bit about the, the finale with the Jenga Tower and how people were losing their minds and i found out later that the champion of deep haven ended up being this guy that had played jenga professionally in college i think it was semi-professional yeah but... well <laughs> as, as professional as you can get with by playing jenga right yeah that was pretty incredible yeah yeah I, he was and, he, he was also super humble just came up afterwards yeah. he's like oh by the way yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> who knew deep haven had the truest yeah. champion of them all yeah yeah Oh my god, I think we should jump directly to the Deep Haven Shucks game. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Coming into Shucks, I, I did a decent amount of work to kind of make improvements. But the biggest improvement I made was just to my my mind, <laughs> the expectations <laughs> and and the idea that I'm not gonna have full control over the game and it's it's gonna go where it's gonna go. You know, I need to let people have fun with it and not try to make sure that they have fun. Like, that's kind of their responsibility, and I'm just going to set up a bunch of stuff. So it went a lot better. Uh, my my mindset went a lot better, <laughs> for sure. Also, the turn zero yeah. rollout stuff was fixed. Yeah, so, yeah I spent yeah, so much huge... <laughs> time so much time making sure that, that is it was better. I was very impressed. Yeah. Everything was prepackaged, yes. little bags yes. and everything. Yes, labeled and everything, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The biggest highlight I got I to gotta talk about from that, so this is Shuck, so this is Shut Up and Sit Down. They're... Uh, con that that's held in Vancouver, and this is the the third year. The great thing about Shucks is is the the shut up and sit down people are around, and we ended up having a, a cameo of Matt Lee's, which I, Peter you you handled a, a lot of that. But but the idea was he was going to be a visiting dignitary. I was the uh, what do you call it? Like the walker, the handholder, the uh, handler, the guide, the handler. Yeah. Yes, not handler. the handholder. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> little little a little of me. Mm-hmm. Matt Lees comes up and he only has like five minutes before he has to make it to his next event. But we wanted to have him as a little cameo appearance. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. So the premise was he was a visiting dignitary uh, and he was very wealthy. It was like a Mansa Musa type of situation where mm-hmm. he would come and he would dump a lot of cash. And so <clears throat> he he puts on a mask and, and, and we hand him a bunch of gold and he struts in. And he almost immediately steps and breaks some players' glasses. Right. <laughs> almost immediately. Yeah. Almost immediately. And which, which kind of fit. You know, it kind of fit. Yes. But so so when you say you handed him a bunch of gold, I, I wanna I wanna put that into context. <laughs> 
because this is was this is something that I was not quite aware of of how much gold he was going to be handing out. When y'all gave him a bunch of coins, it was pockets and pockets full of gold coins. And so what ended up happening is as he went around to to give people coins, he single-handedly destroyed the <laughs> the dwarven eco- economy, right? He it, it, it's all just worth like, it. Just like Mansa Musa. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. The first guy in particular, when he walked up and handed him a handful of coins, I watched the guy's face like as he looked down and just realized how much money that actually was. He looked... No, and, neither of them broke character, too, after he yeah. broke on the, the glasses. I don't and think it, he was in character. I think he was fully surprised with how much money it was. He literally... I, so I was with an earshot, and so mm-hmm. after... So Matt handed a bunch of coin, like, apologized, and didn't have enough time to, like, break character and, like, fully mend the situation. <laughs> he, he was essentially just rushed off to, to talk to more players. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, as he was walking away, I, I, the player just looks down at his hand... Like, literal two handfuls yes. of coin, and he just goes... This is more money than I have ever seen. Well, it, at that point, it was more money than all of Deep Haven. <laughs> like that—that that handful was more than money, more money than all of the turns combined. At that point, I completely forgot to follow up with that player too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't. I, we, I still don't know if his glasses got fixed. You know? Yeah. Like, I hope. He... I, well, he had a bunch of. If fake, you're hearing this, man, reach out. Fake, fake coins. That was spectacular, and and I mean that's the magic of Mega Games is you don't know what's going to happen. You don't you don't know if the economy is going to be entirely destroyed, and that's kind of interesting because you it, the Deep Haven the the system was flexible enough to deal with that, and the game didn't really break. It just sort of changed, and that that felt good to for the system to be able to handle that. Um, yeah, and then uh, the other thing, the other the other oh my gosh, I forgot about this. The other I'm looking down at my notes now. My the other highlight from that game is uh, so at the Gen Con game. There was a council, and the council got really frustrated, uh, and we, we don't have to get into specifics or whatever, but so for the Shucks game, you decided to remove the council. Yep. That was my solution, is there is no council, mm-hmm. and so, <laughs> which is actually a great solution. It's a, it's actually a really good solution. If anyone out there is thinking of like, hey, do I need a, like a ruling yeah. council body? It turns yeah. out, no, you don't. Yeah. Assembly guys, have me on the podcast. Let's talk about how council games are overrated. So... In the middle of the game, everyone is collectively informed that a dragon is somewhere, a dragon attack is pending. Mm-hmm. And the clans and guilds and, and people themselves decide to self-organize like a new government. And so they get a bunch of representatives and I end up, I end up uh, you know, moderating this part. So like, yeah, we walk outside and, and they're just, they're just discussing what type of government they should be <laughs> and and my favorite player from that game was uh this over enthusiastic uh person from the uh the aoa the what's the the appalachian origination administration yes the people who name things yeah yeah that was the that was, that was their, their guild yeah not not an official guild yeah not official guild that's true and uh she just goes she holds her finger straight up in the air and she, you know, this is there's bickering back and forth, and she just goes, "Why don't we form a council?" <laughs> and at that, point, at that point, I just I love the oh man, there's a soft spot in my heart for uh, self organization. A, a, a tear came in yes. my eye. Yeah, I just thought it was a beautiful moment. Yeah, that's the way to do councils. Let the let the players let come the up with players one. organize one themselves. Yeah. yeah, I think we should talk about how Deep Haven ended with the Australians. We had a crew of eight super enthusiastic 
players fly all the way out from Australia to Shucks mm-hmm. to play in all of our mega games. They, I did the math at one point. They were 15% of our total gross income. <laughs> <laughs> so Thank I'm really, you. I'm thankful they had a good time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. No, they, <laughs> they, they killed it. They In every game that they had, they, they made a huge impact, and they had a, a ton of fun. But anyway, so during Deep Haven, one of the many things they did was they were the deep clans mm-hmm. in Deep Haven. You know, they're essentially the bad guys in Deep Haven. Or they uh, can be interpreted they, as They such. really aren't, but they sort of interpreted it that way. Oh, uh-huh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they at least... I don't I don't even know if they would call themselves bad guys, right? They they just... Well, they the, certainly ended up attacking them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They ended up with the bad guys, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but they brought in a lot of other players into that, and that ended up being the, the central conflict, uh, which ended up in the, in the Jenga pull-off at the very end that... Uh, ended up uh, resulting in Deep Haven not surviving, but you know we can't all have happy endings. That poll was was insane. That mm-hmm. poll was there. It went so many times, and it went through so many players. It's the longest Jenga game I've ever witnessed. <laughs> it was it was so long, yeah. and at, at one point. It, I'll, and to be clear, like it actually wasn't that long duration. It just felt that way because it was so intense. <laughs> it felt really felt really intense and it yeah. felt really long <laughs> is all i'm saying yes yeah and you were doing you were doing we were trying to do all the tricks to hurry him up you know like where they they could they could stack the, the jenga mm-hmm. blocks on top however they wanted mm-hmm. and you know we'd try to time them and yeah there's there's video out there it's you get to see if you if you get the right video mm-hmm. you get to see trenton Whenever there's a successful Django pull, literally hop up on down. Yeah, on one foot. I, I lose. I <laughs> lose control of my body, and it it does weird movements because I'm losing my mind. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, cheers, man. Here's here's the new year. Yeah. Here's to more highlights next year. Yeah. All come, right. Come to Gen Con. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh. Thanks for inviting us to do this. This was fun. Yeah. And, if you ever uh, want to, you know chat on the podcast we are available we have mics and everything yeah adios happy holidays guys hey anthony how's it going i'm very good how are you yeah not too bad thank you how do we find you on this cold december evening uh not too bad i mean it's only tuesday right so a few days till the weekend but you know fine otherwise excellent excellent so please share with us your favorite mega gaming memory of 2019 um so Actually, it's one involving you, Harrison. Um, it was a game in the first half of the year. I feel like it might even be January. Um, it was a game called Infinite Horizons, which, uh, for those that don't know, uh, is essentially the American uh, War of Independence, but in space. As I remember it, uh, you, Harrison, and also Matt Bambridge um, were playing uh, the essentially the equivalent of the British uh, you had this rowdy colony, the colony of Rosal, uh, which most players were a part of, and uh, they had rebelled, and you were coming in to put down that rebellion. In that game, I was playing, effectively, the French. So I was an external foreign power as well. Um, I was looking to make your day as hard as possible, um, which I, know, I hope this is the degree I achieved by the end of this talk <laughs> uh yeah i think that might be an understatement yeah no i, I appreciate that it does being difficult does come naturally to me but yeah so so the, the way the the game went um 
One thing that you and I were both aware of, which most of the players down on Rosal won, was there was a big galactic sort of map in the other room showing the layout of all of the different forces at yours and Matt's disposal and at mine throughout the uh, the galaxy. And you guys, being the British in space, had a lot of ships and were very scary. So uh, I wanted to make your day harder uh, in terms of sort of bringing the colony of Rosal back into line. I didn't want to fight you guys directly because you were scary as fuck. So, I hope you're allowed to swear on this, sir. I should have checked that first. That's fucking unacceptable. <laughs> Just kidding, carry on. All right, again, we're all good? All right, yeah, so you guys were scary. Um, so, while, rather than uh, fight you directly, what I tried to do was sort of lose bits of heavy ordnance uh, in areas of the map around which resistance fighters from Rosal might find it and hopefully then might use it against your considerable forces. Uh, I hoped by doing this uh, that we would avoid a direct war, but I would make your life harder, give your enemies some ammunition to play with. Uh, what I sort of didn't expect was how much the, the press team would get into it. Turn after turn, uh, press announcement after press announcement, we got sort of different funny anecdotes about how... Um, Someone from my faction had left a uh, tank battalion out in the open with the keys and the ignition and forgot about it. And it had been picked up by some freedom fighters from Rosal. And it was a story like that after that, uh, one after the other. And watching yours and Matt's faces slowly sort of lose your tempers uh, and uh, so on throughout the day was very enjoyable for me. I think, I think something that once you play a lot of mega games, you really treasure making your friends' life harder in particular. Um, and that was a great example of that for me. I think it's fair to say you absolutely made our life very, very hard on that day. Um, would you like to share with our listeners at home the extent to which you made poor Matthew and myself's lives difficult and the consequences of your actions on that day, particularly on the poor people of Rosal? Well, uh, as I remember it, and correct, correct me if I'm wrong, the, you, you and Matt sort of had had it by maybe midday, one o'clock, and uh, dropped several quite large nuclear payloads on several quite populated cities um, in Rosal. Um, I think I think out of frustration for the situation in general, but also uh, at least in part from uh, my antagonising you. Um, and yeah, it turned out that the local population didn't appreciate that, um, and that may have I will not have been for you guys. <laughs> yes. Um, it turns out my memory from the event uh, may have been slightly uh, hazy due to the level of frustration I was feeling. Um, but my memory was that I went over to Matt and I said, glass the city. Uh, but it turns out that all I was able to achieve was just the word glass. But thankfully, it was enough to get my intention across to Matt. Yes, yes. I, I, I was going to say, I imagine Matt gathered from uh, your general persona, facial expression, demeanor, uh, uh, the, the rest of the order from just that word. Yes, thankfully my uh, message and the intention managed to make it across. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad you chose to share that story with everybody. Thanks very much for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, as you play more and more mega games, you know, I, it's it's... When you get one over on your friends, they're the stories you save the most, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, rest assured, my revenge, when it comes, will will indeed be sweet. 
Oh, I'm sure it will. I look forward to it. <laughs> yes, you and I both, my friend. You and I both. Well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing that story in particular. Hi, uh, thanks, man. Hi, my name is John Meisen from Southwest Mega Games, and I just wanted to share a particular memory from the game I designed called Den of Wolves. Now, there was this one time where a wolf spy managed to trick everyone except for the main battleship into doing a faster than light jump straight into an active wolf outpost. Or that other time when the president brought a poster along with them that was just a picture of his face with the words not a wolf in massive letters and put it up as soon as he was accused um, but my actual one of my favorite moments was in the march 2019 run that i did in london for horizon mega games uh, two of the wolf spies in the game were the vice president and a politician who was running in an election to be the next president the vice president had just been arrested and he was given the opportunity to choose one other person to be his sort of legal guardian that would offer him outside assistance whilst he was under arrest. Uh, rather than choosing an ally or something like that, instead what he did was he picked the Wolf presidential candidate's most popular rival in the hopes that it would make that rival look more guilty by association. Um, it was one of those times where you just have to stop for a moment and appreciate a really creative move. Hey Paul, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, Chris. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. A bit uh, dark at the moment, being winter and all, but well, I suppose it's still no. Well, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, a little bit dark, but all good. Have you uh, have you done all your Christmas shopping for the end of the year? No, I haven't haven't started yet, which is causing me oh! uh, a small amount of anxiety. But I'm confident I'll pull through. <laughs> are, are people going to get their presents this year? That's what, what's what we need to know. Um, I'm I can safely say probably. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you're not getting me anything. That, that's great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of help, Chris. <laughs> good, good. Um, okay, so what we're here for is to find out what your most enjoyable mega game moment of 2019 was. Okay, so I think I've kind of I've kind of got two that I would I would flag up. Okay. Um, cool. The first one is during uh, by the grace of God, which was the English Civil War uh, mega game, uh, being involved in the assassination of King Charles. That was that was great fun. I don't know what you're talking about. There was a there was assassination. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought you might say that, Chris. Um, <laughs> essentially, because obviously it was it was King Charles was being played by Control, so it wasn't sort of another player, and he'd been a, no. just a tremendous pain in the ass for the entire yeah. day. He had kind of been shouting at me personally quite a bit, to be fair. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's fair enough. But um, <laughs> yeah, he was he was just causing us causing us no end of grief. Um, yeah. Essentially, as far as I understood afterwards, because we were doing quite well, and he was trying to sort of counterbalance it. Um, yeah, it was essentially threatening to blow the entire alliance wide open. Yes, and I was on playing one of the Irish players. Me and one of the other Irish team were, were getting this discussion. Okay, we've got to kill him. How can we kill him? Uh, we spent maybe an hour and a half real time coming up with a variety of plans, none of which seemed very likely they were going to succeed. <laughs> I didn't know you spent an hour and a half doing that. That's impressive. Yeah, we had a lot. We spent a, we had a, a series of backup plans. Um, and while we were trying to figure this out, we were then approached by a pair of other players, one of whom was you, basically being like, you guys want to kill the king. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I think we should just clarify at the moment. I was playing a Scot, and yeah. I was supposed to be completely loyal to the king. But even he had got me. Um, yeah. He, like you say, he was about to blow up our alliance, and, and I was fully over it. So yeah, that's why he had to die. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, fair enough. But essentially, they just approached us and were like, "Hey, do you guys want to kill the king?" And we were like, "Oh my god, thank you. Yes, please." <laughs> <laughs> We should have come to you sooner. If I'd known you'd done an hour and a half of uh, planning, we could have made a deal quicker. Yeah, we, we've been playing for quite a while, um, but none of our plans were tremendously likely because you guys had him under really tight security. So as soon as you guys approached us, um, 
perfect, really. And then essentially it was the guy playing uh, Charles, Tim, being being led outside by a small cabal of players and game control Ed being like, right, yeah, um, you've fallen out of a window. It's all terribly sad. <laughs> You've been ganked. I'm sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, essentially, that was that was a great moment. It really was. I really enjoyed that. I think. Um, and then yeah. I think my other my other personal good moment was um, I mean pretty much all of Event Horizon, to be honest. So what, what was Event Horizon? So Event Horizon was a, a sci-fi kind of horror game where um, you have like a sort of haunted ship has shown up, or possibly not haunted, or full of aliens or whatever, and you're part of a, a rescue team sent to kind of figure out what's happening. Sure. Um, and I was playing playing one of the UN guys, so we're sort of the traditional good guys. We're meant to be in command. We're not in command. No one listens to us. Um, <laughs> it went sort of horribly wrong from turn one pretty much immediately. But I had a wonderful moment of basically being in a standoff on the bridge of this spaceship, basically having a shouting match with three or four other teams. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Didn't really know who I could trust. So I was just yelling at everyone to basically get them to back off while I tried to figure <laughs> out what the heck was happening. Sure. And then while that was happening, uh, there was this mechanic where you could run out of oxygen. Right, sounds bad. It was bad, because I then ran out of oxygen midway through the standoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Did they help you? And the other the other thing was there was there was sort of an emergency kind of cable thing that if you mm-hmm. uh, were seriously injured or fell unconscious or whatever, it would pull you, kind of yank you back to your entry Sounds sounds quite dangerous. It was incredibly dangerous. Uh, you took damage depending on how many rooms you moved through. Unfortunately for me, I'd basically traversed the length of the ship to get to the oh bridge. So when I ran out of oxygen, I was then pulled unconscious through sort of half the map, essentially. <laughs> um, so it was just a really nice mental image of midway through this standoff, my character just gets sort of yanked, screaming <laughs> through the rest <laughs> of the ship and just shows up back on my ship, sort of just battered all over the place. Um, nice. Did you survive that? Um, so I had a chat with Control about it, and the short version is no, not really. <laughs> um, Ow. But essentially, it was a bit early in the game to kill me. So sure. they basically ruled. They basically gave me a ruling, which is like, yes, you have survived. You're sort of horribly injured. Um, seek medical attention ASAP, really. <laughs> that was, that was nice. different. Yeah, it was yeah, sort absolutely. of. Yeah, it was it was great fun that that entire game, but particularly that moment because it really summed up the fact that I had no idea what the hell's going on, um, except that everything has gone terribly wrong and it's terrifying. And I'm going to try and maintain control of the situation despite the fact that I have I really can't. Nice, sounds like a very, very good time. Oh, okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem, Chris. Uh, well, I'll see you in the next game in London, probably. Yeah, see you in the next game, Chris. See you, bye. Take care. Hi, my name is Patrick Rose. Uh, earlier this year, I played Trope High, which was designed by Becky Ladley and run by Penine Mega Games. Um, Trope High was the mega game that was set in an American high school, uh, with each turn taking about the length of an episode. Um, the special thing about Trope High is that everyone was weird in some some way. They all had some secret, like they were a vampire. Uh, I played Artie Abrams, which is a reference to Glee, I think, and I was someone from Venus. Uh, and I was briefed that the Martians were possibly there, and I had to stop whatever it was that they were doing because they were obviously the evil people. Um, at the beginning of the game, uh, the press made an announcement that the modern foreign languages building was completely uh, disused, no one could get into it, and no one was talking about it, to which I responded by going, ah, that's obviously where my where the Martians must be, they mu- they've got to be somewhere. So I spend turn after turn breaking into it. Um, the first time I break into it with a, a friend of mine and we discover 
that we get transported to the jungle, which is weird and strange and we don't understand what's going on. I break in again afterwards and then I get transported to Mars. I go, yes, this is definitely what it is. Spend the rest of the game constantly breaking in, uh, getting caught, getting thrown out. Uh, and then finally on the last turn, uh, I break in again with a whole group of people, including someone who I think was a supervillain or an engineer or a mad doctor. I genuinely can't remember. Uh, and then we break in there. I get transported to Mars. My friend gets transported to the jungle. Someone else gets transported to hell, I think. Uh, and the person who's the mad scientist who's wearing a gas mask notices that we're all just inhaling toxic mold. Uh, at the end of the game, it turned out that Seamus, who was the one who'd invented this entire thing, uh, was had no idea what was going on and just kind of made it up on the spot because... Uh, the press complained on turn one that they had nothing to talk about, so they said, oh, just say that no one's going to the modern foreign languages building. Uh, it's one of my favourite memories from doing it because I, I made control so happy that I was convinced that this was part of the game, and this was part of my, my plot line, and it just wasn't at all. Uh, but I'd managed to make my own fun, and I think that's one of the things that I really, really enjoyed about Mega Gaming. It's one of the things that's brought me back uh, for game after game, so it's one of my favourite memories. Okay, so that was our special end-of-year Mega Game Assembly podcast. My thanks to all of you excellent Mega Gamers out there who took the time to send in your stories and tall tales. I think we can all agree that 2019 was an excellent year for Mega Games, and we here at Mega Game Assembly Towers can't wait to see what 2020 will bring. So thanks so much for downloading, and catch you next time.